Well, before I get started, I just wanted to say, you know, last week Randy got lucky because somebody brought in a whole box of tomatoes. And the joke was, you know, Randy's preaching, we got tomatoes. Well, well, you should be lucky because John brought eggs tonight. <laughs> so I see like 12 dozen eggs. I'm like, oh, great. And it's my turn. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Just don't throw them at me, please. So, right. <laughs> so, you guys pray for me real quick, and I'll pray for you, and then we'll get started. Father God, we do thank you for tonight. We thank you for all that are gathered here, God. We just pray that uh, you speak through me tonight, Lord God, and I pray that the message falls on soft hearts, Lord. Give them the ears of Samuel to hear, God. So we just thank you again, Jesus, and all that you do. Amen. Okay, so you guys, are you enjoying Ephesians? This is so rich, so we're kind of doing our best to kind of not get bogged down, but also get through it. So it's kind of, um, it's so rich. So I mean, we can go just by little, just a few few verses that we could preach on for quite a while, but we won't do that. We'll try to get through this chapter, try to stay on track here. So you remember in the first few chapters, Paul's writing this letter to the church for uh, his encouragement to, to the faithful believers. It was a letter that could be passed on from church to church to church to church. So the first three chapters talks about who we are in Christ, and the last three chapters are telling us how to live in Christ. So now we're switching. Paul's been telling us who we are, so now we're switching on how to live it out, how to walk it out, right? And this walk is very difficult at times. Agreed? This week was a little challenging on, on just about everything. It sounds like a lot of people had a disturbing week for whatever reason. I don't know if there's something in the air or what it was, but we've talked to several people, and they've had a challenging week. Thank God for God's Word, Amen. Because when I read the word, it just, it just soothes me. So when I get wound up, and I did a few times this week, I repented. And just start reading again and remembering what God's done for you. Remember what he's done for you. It's easy for us to sometimes point faults out in other people and get on the bandwagon. And that's not what we're supposed to do. And Paul's going to tell us about this in this chapter. So... Um, I'm going to go back a little bit. Ephesians 2 8, 2 8 and 9 is one of my favorites. It says, For grace that you have been saved through faith, and it's not from yourselves, but it's a gift from God. It's not by works, so no one can boast. Right? Isn't that great? God did it all. It was His grace. It was nothing we could do except accept Him as our Lord and Savior. Seems pretty simple, right? But it's challenging because we have our part to do too. And I like what you said, Lisa, about what you're saying about the prayer. You have to believe it. Otherwise, it's just empty words. You know, God does amazing things. And I know the timing is not our timing most of the time. We pray for something we want. You know, we live in an instant society. We want everything fixed today, right now. Sometimes it, it may take 20 or 30 years. But we keep praying and we keep believing. And we've seen a lot of people be healed from cancer. We've seen a, a lot of miraculous things happen through prayer. That's why if you're not on the prayer chain, side note, you might want to get on the prayer chain if you're not on there. Because there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of prayers that come on here, and some of them are really, really heavy. But guess what? We don't have to carry the burden. We don't have to be afraid of 
Like, God, I can't take this. This little kid got hurt or whatever. It's not on you. You just pray for it. God's got it. Just pass it on, right? I know a couple of people who've bailed from the prayer thing just because it was too tough to handle. They couldn't handle the request. They could not, they felt like they had to bear everything that was going on. So they bailed because they just couldn't handle it. I was like, no, you don't have to carry it, dude. All you have to do is pray for them. It's pretty simple. But sometimes we get lost in what we think we have to do. But God's got this, man. We just give it to him. We bring our stuff to the cross and just dump it there and let him deal with it. Quit carrying it. It's over, right? So we'll talk about, and uh, I'll start here in chapter 4. The title of, of the, uh, the header here is Unity in the Body. It says, Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. So if you've said yes to God, you have been summoned by him. That's what it means. Now he's telling you to walk this thing out. Walking is referred to as your life, as living. Okay, so when you see that throughout the thing, it's talking about live a life like this. You're supposed to be an example. He chose us. We hit the lottery, guys, already. We're already in. We don't have to drag the past and all that stuff up. It's gone. It's forgiven, right? When you said yes to Jesus, it's gone. Just like the song said, from the east, from the west, my sins are forgiven. Amen. Amen, amen. So walk this thing out. Verse 2, we talked about this on the brown bag a little bit. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. That's a pretty tall task, don't you think, sometimes? Because obviously in a family or a large group, there's some strong personalities. And that's just life. That's everywhere you go. Every time you get a group, there's some strong personalities. However, when you're walking in the Spirit, you can deal with those strong personalities. We're called to. just said, if you've been called, then you deal with it. Paul's basically saying, deal with it. It's not easy, but if you're walking in the Spirit, it's a whole lot easier. You know why? Because you're not thinking about yourself. When you think of yourself, everything gets on your nerves. Everybody gets on your nerves. The whole world gets on your nerves. Everything. Because you're selfish. You're thinking about you and your needs and your wants. God's way is completely opposite. He says, put everybody before yourself. Think about that. If we all did just one thing for somebody else, how great would that be? It'd be awesome. But I know here in the church, there's a lot of good stuff going on. We help each other all the time, right? People get different blessings. We have all kinds of people who can build things and fix things and do stuff like that because you're in the body. You get a little favor. We were talking about earlier about the favor. So be patient with each other. Make allowances. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. You can't do that when you're walking in the flesh. Can't be done. Everybody's just going to irritate you. That's just how it is. <laughs> so we've got to be gentle and patient with one another. For there is one body, 
Wait a minute. Make every effort to keep yourselves, you know, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body, one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. Wow. It's one God, one body. I want to say this. When Paul's talking about the worthy of, of your calling, he's writing to the Ephesians. Remember, the Ephesians, like us, were far from God. Before we knew God, we were way out there, right? We were lost. We were without hope. We had no inheritance. We weren't part of God's family, and we weren't in Christ. No matter how good you think you were, you're not in. If you haven't said yes to Jesus, you're not in the family. But now, but now that since you've received Christ, you're adopted, you've been redeemed, you're part of the, God's family now. You have a mega inheritance coming to you. Eternal in inheritance. We have access to God's riches, and we are in Christ. And we get all the stuff that comes with it. All the glorious riches we get part of. That's an amen, amen? So in verse 3, it talks about the Spirit leading us. We also have to be willing to be led. You know, when you give advice, you're saying, well, let the Spirit lead you. Well, then you have also have to be open up to be led by the Spirit. Do what it says. Not just hearers of the Word, but doers of the Word. As it's in James. He says, be a doer, not just a listener. So there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and one Father of all, who is over all and in all and living through all. However, he has given each of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scriptures say he ascended to the heights. He led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. We've all been given some type of gift. And... I, and I think some of the changes that we're going to is bringing gifts out in people. They're actually stepping out a little bit in faith to use your gifts. And you know when you do that, it encourages the church. It strengthens the church. If you're hiding your gift, it doesn't help anybody. We've been given a gift from God. Use it. Use whatever it may be, whatever it is, because it's different for all of us. That's why we all make up the body. We all can't do this. One person can't do all this themselves. But as a family, we can get it done. We can get a whole lot more done together together than we can by ourselves. When we're all united, okay, when, when we have unity. You know, I, I hate dissension in the troops. I just hate it. I, I, sometimes it just aggravates me, and that, that's just... Uh, one of the things that came up this week, just, just chatter, you know, and it's useless chatter. And it was like, you know, it's ironic that we're talking about this this week and all the stuff happened during the week. It was just like, wow, thanks, God. Maybe it was just for me because I was dealing with it. You know, it's just like, and there's, there's been some struggle in uh, recovery, dealing with a guy on that too, and that's been a challenge. <laughs> He's kind of faded away, and then, and during his fade he's just for the lack of a better term an idiot he's gone back to the old ways for a while he'll come back he's he's done this before but right now he's on the idiot wagon so (laughs) 
Always be humble and gentle and be patient. <laughs> I'm like, I've had it up to here, man. <laughs> it's my turn to unload on you, okay? You can do your drunk thing to me, but I can't. I can't say the street knees I want to use on you to level the field. Okay, if you're going to play on that field, and I'm over here, so I'm still being gentle, being patient. But in my mind, I got him in a stranglehold, okay? <laughs> I had to repent. I'm like, God, forgive me. I know he's just out there. I know. And I've heard some other situations that's going on with people, too. Some things are getting kind of crazy. But remember, we have to deal with these people, okay, and the situations, and they're not easy. But when you're reading God's word and you're in the spirit, that will definitely help you deal with it. Otherwise, I would have told him what I think. Goodbye, don't call me, you're blocked, I'm done. That's my flesh. That's what my flesh wants to do. That's not good. Who's that going to help? That'll only help me for about a half hour. Then I'm like, oh, man, I've known this guy for several years. Blah, blah, I can't do that to him. But I know he is saved. He's just away. So I want to pray for him. I don't want to say his name because he may be watching, but he knows who he is. But the word gives you strength over and over and over. When you're walking in the spirit, you have the joy that we just sang about. You have the peace. You have the humility. You have all these things when you're walking in the spirit, right? So when I hear these things, other people's talking about these situations that are going, obviously, you're not walking in the spirit because you wouldn't be saying or thinking that about that person, okay? Because that's just fleshly stuff. That's what you're telling me. You're telling me fleshly stuff, okay? But when you're in the spirit, you just throw off the rails and I'm dealing with it, you know? You don't, you don't have to go. I totally forgot where I was. Okay, verse 9, I guess. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. Our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. So Jesus came to heaven, from heaven to earth. He was buried in the earth and he rose from the dead and he ascended back to heaven, right? That's what he's saying here. And Jesus has taken people captive with his grace, which we have. We got from him, right? Because we were captive to sin at the time. And then along comes the grace truck, so to speak, Jesus, and we decide to get on. It was like, thank you, Jesus, for the grace, because I certainly don't deserve it, and I can't earn it. And sometimes... Sometimes in this walk, being in our position, we see people trample on the grace. You know, they forget, and they trample on it. And I, and, I, and I hate that, too. And I know it's all part of the walk, and I understand that. But I don't like it, and I know the Spirit doesn't like it, and I know God doesn't like it because what he's done for us. So this, this I kind of look at chapter 4 as like a come on, man, a long come on, man, because Paul's saying, come on, we can do this. Come on, guys. He's encouraging them. He says, now there are, there are gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church. How about that? It doesn't say the pastors and the teachers have to do all the work. That's not their responsibility. 
like evangelizing. We sometimes we get the calls like, hey, you need to go talk to that guy. Well, why don't you go talk to him? You know, I mean, it, you could talk to him just like we talk to him. We do minister, obviously, but it's also everybody else who's called on Christ. You're a minister too, whether you like it or not. You think, oh, Jeff's here. Everybody say, Jeff. <laughs> What's up, Jeff? How you doing, man? Sorry about that. I just had to do that. I just had to do that. <laughs> you deserve it. <laughs> So our responsibility is to equip the people to go out into the world and tell people about Jesus. That's our job, right? So we all have our part to do. We encourage one another. I tell you what, this world is plenty discouraging on its own. You know, and sometimes when you get discouraging things happen, it's hard. Sometimes it's, it's hard not to take it to heart. But sometimes it's just a speed bump, you know? I look at it as a speed bump just going, oh, well, it's not going to be perfect. It never is. It's not going to be perfect until we're out of here. That is going to be a glorious day. Amen. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. So our responsibility, equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, build the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to a full and complete standard of Christ. Then... We will no longer be immature, immature like children. Did you catch that? Then we will no longer be immature like children. Like children, like some people act around here. Okay, we're not children anymore, okay? If you've been walking with God for a while, straighten up and fly right. My dad used to say that all the time when I got in trouble. He said, you better straighten up and fly right. We're not children. We're not to be act immature. We're supposed to, back to the beginning, it says, forgive one another. Be humble towards that person. I know it's hard. Forgive that person. We won't be tossed or blown about in every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with their lies. So clever they sound like truth. Now, remember back then in, in Ephesus, there was all kinds of stuff coming in. When Paul, Paul taught these people, and then when he left, there was all kinds of garbage coming in, and he was trying to remind them, remember the truth. There's one God, one baptism, one Lord over all. There's not all this milkshake stuff that you hear nowadays that's untrue. It sounds like truth, but it's not true. Jesus is the only truth, Amen. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body of, of the church. We can speak the truth in love. Now, guys, if you, ask for, if you ask for help and somebody speaks in love, remember they're coming in love. And some topics are hard to talk about, and it may create friction, but remember it's coming in love. We all have blind spots, okay? And if somebody approaches you, don't take it offensively. The spirit of offense right now is running everywhere. It's rapid right now. It's like you say one wrong thing and everybody just freaks out. The spirit of offense, we're not supposed to be easily offended, right? 
thick skin. Soft heart, thick skin. Oh, and by the way, if you call yourself a Christian, we do have the right to speak to you. We, do, we can judge you. We can speak into your life. If you're claiming to be a Christian, right? We're on the same team here, right? It's not us against them or anything like that. We're all together. We're one big family. And Paul's trying to encourage everybody to stay motivated, strengthen your faith, tell others in love. We don't want to beat them over the head. Although sometimes that'd be kind of fun. Don't you get it? <laughs> you know, it's like, um, I was reading an article. It said about, about uh, this very thing about um, speaking truth. Some, there's going to be some people who just don't get it. They, don't, they do not get the gospel. They don't understand it, and maybe it'll be a deathbed confession. Who knows? But in this lifetime, they're probably never going to get it. They're so hard-hearted, so hard-headed. <laughs> it's going to take Jesus to do it, obviously. But we can't get upset because that's where they're at. We have to remember where we came from, right? I think I skipped where I kind of got ahead of my notes here. No, I didn't. I didn't. Okay, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love full of love. We come in truth and love. Now remember up here we have different parts to do. Everybody, like we have all this division now of uh, what people are in charge of. Now there may be a particular thing that's coming up, like say the, uh, the fall festival. You might get stressed, you might get worn out because of all the questions and all the stuff and somebody who's not related might feel bad that they're all coming to you. Well, this is the topic right now. doesn't mean you're not as important as she is. It just means that we're all working together, and this is the topic right now. You guys get it? We're all in this together. You know, because like, like when we were building a coffee bar, we're so excited about the coffee bar. Everybody go talk to Candy about the coffee bar, right? Well, it seemed like somebody that was like maybe doing security or something didn't feel important because everything was focused on the, on the bar. had nothing to do with it. That's just people being people, right? That's the stuff you have to deal with whether you like it or not. So remember, if it's your turn and you're getting worn out, it'll, it'll fade. It will fade. And then somebody else will get worn out because we're doing a different project or something like that. So keep in mind, everybody that's in charge, well, everybody here is important. Most importantly, you're important to God, okay? And you're important to us too. So don't think you're not because that's just the devil just scattering stupid stuff in your head. You're just as important as anybody else here. We're the whole body. And when we all work together, it makes us healthy and growing and full of love. So now the second half, he's talking about how we live this thing out. He says, live with the Lord's authority. I say this, live no longer like the Gentiles do. For they are hopeless, confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they, are, they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. So let's go over to uh, Ephesians, uh, chapter 2, verse 2. 
almost says the same thing here. Verse 2 says, You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world. You were obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. So if you're disobeying God and you have a hard heart, you're in trouble. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. We've been called to live differently. We live by a higher standard now, right? We're not supposed to be dibble-dabbling in the old ways anymore. Although the temptation is going to come, but we should be strong enough to battle this thing. We don't give in to it. But that isn't what you learned about Christ since you've heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Lust and lustful pleasure. There's obviously a big thing. And he's writing to this, these Ephesians because in that city at that time, it was like, you just do whatever. We had an old teacher used to used to say, if it feels good, do it. I was like, what does that mean? We do anything we want? Pretty much. But yeah, but now we have a standard to live by, right? So we try to walk this thing out. Now, we're not going to be perfect. We know that. But we're supposed to be working on this thing. All of us working and growing, getting stronger, increasing our knowledge, increasing our faith. Encourage one another. Always encourage one another. Because like I said, we're full of discouragement and it's hard to live in this world if, if you never get any kind of encouragement. You guys still with me? Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Put on a new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So now we know we're in a spiritual war. We know we're in a battle. You guys agree we're in a spiritual battle? Every single day, every minute of the day, we are at, we're at war. That's why sometimes it gets cumbersome because it, sometimes it just seems like it's relentless. It never ends. There's always something going on, bad stuff coming in, but there's always good stuff too. We have to remember the good stuff when the bad stuff comes. We know that God's got our back, and we're, we are believing in the truths that are written in here. We have hope for what Jesus has promised us. And I know it gets trying sometimes. And I know everybody, including myself, I've been pretty low sometimes where it's just like, well, I don't know how I ended up here. And I don't know how we're going to get out of here. And I don't know how this bill is going to get paid. And I don't know how this work's going to get done. And on and on and on. But guess what? God took care of it because we had faith and we walked it out. We didn't give up. You know, I think as time gets closer, I believe the devil's going to crank the heat up a little bit on us. And, and you know, in the Revelation, it says some crazy things are going to happen. Because what's happening now is nothing compared to what's written. You can see it percolating now, though. The heat's just like the frog thing. It's, it may go unnoticed until the end because it's going to be slow. And, and some of the things, like, you know, when you look at TV 50 years ago, you're going, wow. And then you look at it today. If you did it side by side, you'd be like, 
How in the world are they letting that garbage on compared to that? But it was been slow. They just get riskier and riskier and riskier and riskier and riskier every year. It just gets a little bit worse. It goes a little unnoticed. Sad thing is people enjoy these crazy shows that are on. That's even weirder. You know, they have 10 seasons of this garbage. <laughs> you know, it's like, really? Really? You have that many followers watching this stuff for 10 seasons? Ooh, Lord help them. Lord help them. So put on a new nature and create it to be like God. So stop telling lies. Stop telling lies. That doesn't do anything except destroy everything. Relationships with friends, relationships with God, co-workers, whatever. Just be honest. It's easier to be honest anyways because you have to remember the lie you told. You know what I mean? Just tell the truth. That other person may not like it, but it's better than a lie. Because sometimes it gets jaded a little because you don't want to hurt their feelings or whatever. So then you add on to it, and then you add on to it, and then you add on to it. Next thing you know, you got that big tree growing that Tim was talking about. You know what I mean? Is the lie is so far out there, you're like, I don't remember where, where we're at on the lie. Had you told the truth, you'd skip all that. You just skip it. Lying also disrupts the unity with everybody else. And that's the main thing Paul's talking about here is unity. We got to stay unified, guys. There's going to be people who come and try to break us up. There's going to be things come from the outside world. We know that. We have an adversary that absolutely hates us and wants to see the whole thing crashed. He would love it. I think if, if, if we could, if he could, uh, he's probably not happy with all the good stuff that's going on. God is. Building new churches and things like that. That's, that's awesome. We give all the glory to God. And I think Randy mentioned this last week. We've given away more money than we ever have. And guess what? It keeps coming in faster than we can get rid of it. It's so crazy. What he does is like you, you, you donate it and it boomerangs. It's like, I can't, I can't believe it. You cannot outgive God. You really can't. You try it sometime. Seriously. Seriously. I'm, I'm saying that just do it. And I, I've told this story before on, on tithing. I remember when I first started tithing, or what I thought was tithing, was 15 bucks a week. And it was like 60 bucks. Yeah, it was. <laughs> At the time, it was. 60 bucks a month. I couldn't even pay my water bill. And I'm thinking, God, you want me to, you want me to give you more? I can't pay my bill. I got to pay my bill first, and then I'll pay you. It doesn't work that way. You pay him, and guess what? He'll take care of you. He doesn't want your money anyway. He wants your heart. Okay? He's got plenty of money. But he wants you to trust him. And that's the thing. And it works every single time. You give it away, it comes back. It's just amazing. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we're all part of the same body. So don't sin by letting anger control you. And don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. And that is true. 
when you get so angry sometimes, now there's different kinds of anger. There's righteous anger that can be good. But anger could lead to sin very easily. Very easily. Because you, 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 you carry a grudge. You know, you, if we're doing these other things, we won't get to this level anyway. But when we're not, he's saying, don't let your anger get out of control. Self-control. I know sometimes when you get angry, you stay angry. The next day, you're still angry. You're still thinking about it, and it just piles on. And by the end of the week, you're so angry, you forget what you're angry about. You know, and the other person's probably moved on, but you have it. You know, we've heard, we hear that a lot. It's like, dude, that was like two weeks ago. You're still that mad? Obviously, you're not thinking of things in the Bible. You're thinking about the anger and the issue that caused these things. God's saying, let it go, man. Let it go. Give it to me, and I'll take care of it. And trust that I will take care of it. And it's not going to be like, poof, that person's fixed, or poof, that person's out of your life, or poof, there's somebody new in your life. You know what I mean? It doesn't work like magic. But God does put people in your, in your path. He really does. And he does it for a reason. So don't let the sun go down on you while you're still angry. Don't give the devil a foothold. Remember, he's prowling around like a lion, just waiting. He's waiting. He's just waiting for you to get off your game so he can just sneak right in there. He's waiting for that crack in the armor. He's waiting and waiting and waiting and still waiting. <laughs> Sad thing is, a lot of times he wins for the moment. We give up and get angry or, or we go back to the old sinful nature. And next thing you know, here he comes. He's bringing all of his buddies with him and, and, and all the garbage that comes with that. And next thing you know, you're way off track. You've destroyed your relationships with everybody around you because you are angry. So let it go. So if you're a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work. And then, generously give it to others. So how about that? It was funny because uh, when we were downtown, there was, a, there was a few guys that were some major thieves. I mean, these guys, they would, they would show up with stuff going, hey, you guys want to buy this tool set? I just found it in the dumpster. Sure you did. Sure you did. You probably got it off that guy's truck over there. Huh? No way. No way. And that was, that was one of the lessons we told them. Like, man, you got to stop stealing, dude. You know, in other countries, they'd cut your hands off. Luckily, there'd be a lot of handless peoples in our country, I think. But <laughs> Kind of like you said, Tim, poke your eye out. We'll cut your hand off if you're sinning. Same thing, right? So instead, use it for hard work. You know, I think God appreciates hard work. And whatever you do, you do it for his glory. Do the hard work, and he'll bless you for it. So when you do, you can generously give it to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. What? <laughs> I had to repent from that too this week. <laughs> just, be, just being real, I had let a few slip. During my anger, during my <laughs> not being so humble or gentle, <laughs> I kind of lost it for a little while, but I got it back. 
<laughs> well, it was more in my mind than actually, yeah, verbally. But there was a few that slipped out loud, too, I must say. So let everything you say be good and helpful, so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. You know, we have to be very careful, because we are examples, right? We are God's chosen people. So we have to act that way. So if you're out there bebopping at Rule King or something like that, letting them fly, it's not a very good, not a very good witness. And there are people watching. You know, when you wear your witness wear and stuff like that, you got a target on your back. So remember that. You want to be extra patient. Walmart line, that's a great place to learn patience, isn't it? Well, just about anywhere you go nowadays, you can't even get the bank nowadays is like a, a extended stay kind of thing. It used to be so fast, you'd be like, bam, bam, bam. Now you're like there for 20 minutes. You're like so much for drive through. But, you know, since COVID, everything's changed. It seems like everything's slowed down in that deal. Everybody's undermanned, I guess. And we can't do it, but we have to be patient. Be patient. Be forgiving. Do not use foul language. We're supposed to encourage one another and build each other up. You guys ever heard of the band Building 429? This, that scripture, verse 29, is where they, they got that from. Build each other up. Encourage one another. Use encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. You know, by the way we live is a big thing because we say it every week. It's easy to be humble and patient and good while you're in this room. But how are you when you're out there? How are you living? The Spirit knows how you're living. God knows how you're living. Or do they match? Are you living like you're supposed to? Are you living the calling that you've been given? Are you living the grace that God's given you? Or are you the old guy when nobody's around? Are you the old sinful guy when nobody's watching? God knows. You could, you could fool us when you come here and think everything's great, but when you're out there. So are you bringing sorrow to or pleasing God with your attitude and your actions? That's the thing. Are you pleasing God with your attitude and your actions? Do they match here and out there? Boy, it got real quiet on that one. I was like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. <laughs> I skipped. Well, let's go back to Colossians uh, 3, 8 through 10. This letter is similar to uh, Ephesians 2. Let's see, where am I? Eight. But now it is time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and its wicked deeds. So put on a new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. We're to become like him. Right? He is our example to follow. So let me see where I'm at. Let's go back to Ephesians here. 
remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteed that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Hallelujah. We've been stamped with the seal. Holy Spirit, right? So 31 here, we're just about done here. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Isn't that awesome? Now go to 3.12, Colossians 3.12 through 15. It says, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, close your, clothe yourself with love, which binds all this together in perfect harmony. And let the peace, I like this part, the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you were called to live in peace and to always be thankful. Always be grateful for what God's done for you. And don't forget it. So I guess in closing, I would say, so live a life worthy of your calling. Live this thing out, man. Live out loud for Jesus, right? right. He saved us. Be excited about it. It's okay. Right. We need more people to be bolder. Spokespersons. How many people have been witnessed to recently? Anybody? Anybody on the street come up to you and th that you didn't know? That's awesome. And I showed him my cross and he we started to carry roses to where we went to church. See? That's awesome. That is great. And how did you feel after that? Great. Great, isn't it? It's a great feeling. You know, sometimes all it takes is just somebody to speak up. There's more Christians than you might know. Some of them are just living quiet lives, which is okay too. But sometimes it just takes a little nudge. They're all over the place. Just like we are, we're all over the place too. So share the love of Christ with somebody. Amen? And that's all. Oh, I'm supposed to say, um, we need some help. If you guys would stay over, help us move all the chairs to get set up for tomorrow, set up some tables and things like that. We could use a couple volunteers. Or, or if everybody wanted to help, we'd do it in like a minute. That'd be great. Okay. <laughs> okay? I want to pray, and then we'll uh, have some fellowship time. All right, Father God, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your written word. We thank you for all that you've done for us on the cross, God. We could never pay you back. So all we could do is live examples of what you've done for us, God. We love you so much, Jesus. Just help us, strengthen us, encourage us. Help us to encourage one another and live in unity, God. We just thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. And that's all.